Hey friend, welcome back to The Word With Wit. Today's episode is going to be about my journey with celibacy. It's been about a year now, so I just, or actually, sorry, it's been over a year. So I wanted to come back and give you all an update as to how it's going. I know I did a video about this journey um, somewhat and some of my, I shared some of my testimony previously in my video, I believe it was called, Let's Talk About Sex. So this is gonna be an update of how it's going, the benefits, the struggles. I'm gonna also share some scripture with you all, share um, more of my testimony, some more information that I found, a prayer that I had found previously um, from a while ago. And I'm also gonna share some tips for anyone who is wanting to start the journey and just unsure of where to start. So I wanna encourage you, if you're watching this video, first of all, I just wanna say, anything that I say is coming from a place of love. I am not here to convict anyone. If I mention it, it's likely because, or sorry, I'm not here to condemn anyone. Now, if the Holy Spirit convicts you, that's, that's between you and God, but um, I'm not here to judge you or to make you feel bad for the life you're living. Like I said, this is my testimony. So these are things that I've been through. And if I haven't been through them personally, it's something that I've seen friends go through um, up close and personal. So these are things that people I know and love have gone through and my own personal experiences. So this is not by any means to judge you. I'm actually gonna read, like I said, a prayer from a while ago. I don't even remember writing this prayer. That's how you know God is so good. I don't even remember journaling back then, but anyhow, um, God is just so good to deliver us and he's so faithful and it might not happen right away, but God will work with us and work through us if we are truly seeking him out. So I say all that to say, um, this video is meant to come from a place of love. It's meant to encourage you on your journey. It's meant to invite you to say these prayers and to talk to God and ask him to help you. So please don't take this the wrong way. Like I said, I've been there. I've lived in it and I'm grateful to have overcame it. And I pray that I continue to stay strong in this area and continue to overcome many more things as well. So, and I pray the same for you. I pray that everyone watching this video, if you're struggling with temptation, sexual sin, lust, that God will deliver you from that and that you will continue to seek after him and that you will continue to grow in this area. So. Anyways, without further ado, let's get into the video. So as you all know, I've talked about it before. I was out there, I was in the world. I was um, looking to replace my feelings of loneliness and my insecurities and all of that with love in all the wrong ways. So I was looking for love. I was looking for um, validation. I was looking to belong and I wanted to remarry all the things but I was doing it the wrong way. I was doing it the way of the world, you know, going from a marriage um, where I wasn't feeling loved and I wasn't feeling adequate and I was um, being talked down upon and things like that to being in the real world and having all this attention that I never had before. So when I came into the real world, I or when I got married, first of all, for those who may be new to the channel, I got married at 18 years old. Um, I met my kid's dad whenever I was 16, I think. And we had our son when I was 17 and we got married when I was 18. So um, as my son was actually a product of us trying to get married. So that's a whole story. There, ha there was a law in Georgia that said you can get married without your parents' permission at 17. They do not 
honor that for the record. So don't, if you're young and you're 17 and you're wanting to get married, just wait. If anything, you don't have to rush. Everything is revealed in time. So if you're going to be with this person for the rest of your life, you got the rest of your life to get married. So don't be out here trying to have children to rush the process. And like I said, they don't honor that law. Um, it's just on the books, I guess, the old law that's still there. But anyways, we were trying to get pregnant because my mom would not sign for me to get married. I had only been with my kids that maybe seven or eight months whenever I got pregnant. And I, yes, I was trying to get married and everything. So he was my first, um, first person I ever had sex with outside. And this was, uh, we weren't married yet whenever that happened. So, you know, for those of you who have had sex before, whenever you have sex with a person, especially for the first time, you have these feelings, all of these feelings and emotions and everything. You just feel attached to that person. And I understand why God gave us that feeling. Can you imagine like if we had that feeling for our spouse, the person that we married, that would help us to bond and help our marriage to last so much longer. However, the way the world does it is you have sex with all these people. You decide if you're compatible, then maybe you get married or maybe you just stay in a situation, whatever, or in a relationship, whatever. And that's not the way God designed it. He designed us. He told us, you know, to save ourselves from sexual sin, not to get into that and not to, because it, it unites us as one with that person. And we take on, um, it's a marriage, it's symbolic of a marriage in a sense. So um, whenever we do that, we become united with that person. So like I said, as you know, the first time you have sex, especially whenever it's someone we care about and it just kind of bonds us for life with them. And then as we continue on that journey, and we continue to have new partners, we may even lose that feeling. We may even lose, um, I don't know what the word is, I'm trying to think. I guess maybe um, it's desensitized, like we're no longer recognizing that attachment because we've been with so many people. So anyhow, after we separated, we hadn't gotten a divorce yet, I started dating. Um, he started dating as well. And I kind of went on like just this, I'm gonna find my next husband. I even told my ex-husband, I was like, well, as soon as, you know, I'll probably be married again in another year, blah, 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 because I was a relationship person. I am a lover. So I was thinking like, yeah, I'll get married again pretty quickly. Did not happen like that. Fast forward, it's been six years now since we've been separated, almost seven. And I just now got the divorce. So yeah more on that later but i had went from i would date one person and i would be into them and i wasn't planning to have sex originally until i got married after my kids dad but whenever you're in the world and you get caught up in the world and you're doing things i had i was naive i was young um i had never dated before really outside of my kids dad so i didn't have the experience to know how to date and not put myself in tempting situations i didn't really know the Bible that well. I wasn't raised in church. I wasn't taught about the purity culture stuff or anything. So I was just kind of like in the world and just putting myself in these situations thinking I had self-control. Guess what? I did not. And once I kind of got into that, it just kind of spiraled and I was out partying to meet, you know, new people or I was on social media posting all these pictures trying to meet new people and I was meeting a lot of different new people. I would entertain them, not saying um, that I was with everyone sexually because I definitely was not, but I would have conversations with people just because 
I was lonely and I was bored or I wanted to, I just could, I could, you know, I had all this attention. Like I said, I couldn't turn it down. So it was like, wow, I went from being with one person for my whole life to experiencing one person who was, um, at the time, you know, mentally and emotionally abusive. So hearing, um, the things that he would say to me, you know, nobody will ever want you. Nobody would ever treat you the way I treat you. Nobody's going to desire you the way I desire you. This and that. Just hearing that, I know at the time, you know, that was just his insecurities. He was just feeling like if I thought, if I knew that I could do better, that I would leave him. And of course that wasn't the case, but hearing all those things damaged me. And whenever I got in the world, I started receiving all this validation from the world and I just fell into temptation a lot. So I, you know, I gave in to sexual sin, I gave in to lust. Um, so even whenever I wasn't having sex with these guys, like I was definitely having inappropriate conversations. I was lusting, fantasizing about, you know, what was going to happen in our life and I had all these big dreams and I would expect for us to be together, but you know, sometimes I did end up in relationships with these guys and sometimes they were more like situationships. And over time, I just felt like I was not getting what I was looking for. I'm trying to fill this void and I'm just not able to fill it. So I just started feeling overwhelmed and the feeling of loneliness was still there. The insecurities were still there. It's like when I had that attention, it would make it feel, make me feel better in the moment, but it wouldn't be, it was never lasting. So yeah, um, I got tired of that and I started, that's whenever I started to really seek God and ask for God's help in that. So I thought that was like two years ago, but apparently it was much longer than I thought it had been. So I'll go into that again with you all later. So anyhow, um, since I've been on this journey, there has just been so much. So, or since I've been on this, since I've been celibate. So there has just been so much that God has revealed to me. I did not think I would be able to do this. Whenever I started walking with God, I honestly just thought that I would just do my best, but I wasn't going to be able to overcome um, sexual sin. And I don't even know that I really genuinely wanted to. I know I, okay, I genuinely wanted to, but at the same time I didn't. So it's like my flesh wanted one thing, but my spirit wanted another. So there was that war between the Holy Spirit and my flesh during that time for my life, my soul. So, you know, the flesh wants what the flesh wants and I was just giving into it. And, but since I decided, you know, at one point to pray over it and just continue to seek God and to continue to grow in that area, God revealed to me that it was possible, you know, and that increased my faith so much to know that a person who was literally barely able to go a week or two weeks without having sex to being someone who has gone a year, over a year, um, almost two years at this point without sex. Like that's just amazing to me. I mean, I'm just going to be honest. Like that is, yeah. I mean, I know some people don't understand because some people don't struggle with sexual temptation as much. It's not as strong of an urge for them, whatever, but it was really a big struggle for me. So to think I, was, I went from one point in my marriage thinking I don't even like sex to another point thinking I would never be able to go without it. You know, I wouldn't be able to wait for marriage. I didn't understand. I thought people who said they were waiting for marriage were lying or um, something was wrong with them. And like, you know, or there was one person that I did believe who, tr you know, truly 
was waiting for marriage, but, or not necessarily waiting for marriage, but I did, I don't know if she ever said that, but I did believe that she was abstinent. And, you know, she always told me she would just pray and things like that to help her um, with the abstinence and staying focused. But with her, like, she was just different. She wasn't like a lot of the people that I have come across. So I was thinking, you know, maybe she just has the discipline and maybe she just doesn't like sex. So the people that I came across, I was like, either they're weird, they don't like sex, or um, they're homosexual. You know, they're, you know, not attracted to a woman or a man that's, or a woman that's being absent or attracted to men or something like that. I don't know. I had all these crazy ideas in my head, as y'all can see. And it may be some of the things that have crossed your mind, but trust me, there are people out here, men and women who are normal, living their everyday life and just aren't focused on sex and they have been delivered. You know, many of us have been delivered. There are even people who don't know God who are actually adapting this principle because it works. It, it allows you to be, to have clarity of mind. You're not so focused on the next person or dating or, you know, what this person might be doing. You're not as attached Whenever you, when you are dating, you're not as attached to the person. You're not focused and worried about what's going to happen if they don't do this or if that. It allows you to actually see people for who they are, see the red flags, see the, even the good things, see everything. It allows you to see clearly. It allows you to have peace. Like I said, you're not worried constantly about what someone else is doing. Don't get me wrong now. If I, I haven't... Um, you know, got to the point where I'm able to, or where I'm dating yet. I literally just got my divorce finalized a few days ago. So I haven't got to the point where I'm dating yet, but don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that whenever you're dating, you won't have any type of insecurities, but because I've been in this place in this season of separation where I'm focusing on God and not so much focused on dating and relationships and all of that, I believe that I have the clarity in my mind and I will have the peace even to know that even if I'm dating someone, even if it's in a serious situation like an engagement, that I can trust that God will reveal to me anything that I need to know because I am walking in obedience and I am walking in love and I'm trying to do things the way that he has called me to. So in that case, God um, will reveal things to you and you're able to see them more clearly because you're not caught up in lust. And a lot of times we think that we're in love and it's just lust. That's those relationships where you were together and you had that strong, good six months. And then after that, it's all hell. Or, you know, maybe even a year. And then after that, that feeling wears away. And you're like, oh, I don't feel in, I'm not in love. I just don't have that feeling anymore. That in love feeling. Love is unconditional. And um, I'm not going to go into the scriptures about love today that's going to be for another video but love is unconditional real love is not jealous is you know not boastful is not prideful if you say that you want love you need to know what the definition of love is if you say that you love a person you need to know the definition of love because love is not all those things you're not just going to give up because that feeling goes away love is an action love is continuing to work with that person and be with that person you're not going to always have that in love feeling. Yeah, that's great whenever you do, but you're not always gonna have that in a relationship. I've been married for a long time and you know we were together for 11 years, married nine of those years. So, you know, I've been there where I felt that in love feeling. I got married, yes, that went away. Um, and did love develop over time? Of course, because we were together and it's kind of like you, you work it out, that's what you do, but at the time, you know, 
like I would if I would have went back and seen I can't say I would change it because I got my kids out the situation but I know now like going forward I'm not gonna rush these things because love is a commitment love is not giving up when that feeling goes away so anyways I'm learning the difference between I've learned the difference between lust and love and I feel like now if I was to go into a relationship where I'm you know being serious with someone I would take it a lot more slowly I don't feel like I need to rush and I feel like I can just trust God in the situation I can trust God in the relationship to reveal things I can have peace because I know that God's taking care of it and I'm doing what I'm called to do. I'm studying, I'm praying, I'm asking God to give me wisdom and discernment about the person. I am paying attention, you know, to the good and the bad. I am focused on who they are, how they are, if are we, you know, even equally yoked. So being unequally yoked doesn't just mean that both of us or one of us believes and one of us don't. Like we could have different goals for our lives. And if it doesn't match up, why we want to connect and get married because then it's going to if i don't want any kids and you want kids if you want to take mission trips and i want to stay at home or vice versa if those things happen and you know we we're married you can't just walk away for those reasons like you chose to marry this person so just being with god and spending this time with him gives me peace and just helps me to know that i don't have to rush things i can really get to know who people are and trust God to reveal anything because I am walking in obedience. Um, like I said, it has given me faith. There have been many blessings that have come from just being obedient and taking this, you know, making that sacrifice and saying, I'm gonna wait. Um, also, I, being in the world, you know, I was doing a lot of things that, um, <laughs> I don't even know what words to use, but there are a lot of things that may have been too freaky i guess i don't know anyways i got involved in a lot of things so you know that may be y'all i'm just gonna cut this part out because goodness anyhow um dang i lost my train of thought so pretty much being in this season of singleness has allowed me to unlearn some things so it's allowed me to um change my expectations people always say to me well, what if you get married and you don't like your husband, you know, if it's not good or, you know, it's you're not satisfied sexually and all that. And I'm like, I get where they're coming from because I said these same things. I'm like, God, how am I going to wait? But that's not really trusting God. Trusting God believe, means that you believe that God will provide a husband that will satisfy your needs. And it also, going back to the original plan, we were supposed to be each other's first. So we were supposed to learn each other together. We were supposed to decide what each other likes together. We weren't supposed to get caught up in all these different perversions, watching porn, um, trying all these different things with all these different people. We weren't supposed to do that. So you can marry someone and be um, at different levels sexually as far as your expectations and what you're comfortable with, have different boundaries. But if you take this time off and you're abstinent, it actually allows you to um, pretty much unlearn that stuff. Pretty much refocus and recognize that whenever you marry someone, you're gonna marry someone that you love. You're going to marry someone who loves you and you're going to desire to make each other happy. And you will have to be, I mean, truth is everything. You know, we want to be honest with our partners and all of that. So I wholeheartedly believe that whenever I get married, 
whoever I marry, you know, will want to make sure that I'm happy in that area and I will want to make sure they're happy in that area and we will learn each other together. And, you know, boundaries are okay. So, you know, I will be okay with my husband saying, I'm not comfortable with that. Or, you know, not, or if I'm not comfortable with something because there are things that I don't want to do or I don't like, you know, but having boundaries are okay. And in this season, God has allowed me to unlearn some things and not be focused on past sexual partners so that whenever I do go into marriage, I'm not comparing myself to what the last part or comparing the, my husband to what the last person did or, you know, the person before them or whatever. It's not going to allow me or I'm not going to be comparing them because I have a clean slate in a sense. God has healed me. God has delivered me. I've gone this long without it. And I feel fine. I'm not sitting here craving it or missing it or anything. Not saying that temptation doesn't arise at times. Not saying it doesn't cross my mind at times. But usually whenever it does, um, obviously as a woman, um, I have natural urges. But it's not like something that's lasting. I can usually say a prayer or go get up and do something. And I'll talk about that more in the tips. But get up and do something to refocus my mind those things help i have ways of dealing with those thoughts and so it's not as bad it's not nearly as hard as i thought it was going to be there are some struggles you know whenever the struggles that i dealt with mainly was loneliness at first because for me to be abstinence it required me to really get along with god and just spend time with him get to know who he is and i was used to having that male attention used to having you know, company used to being able to go over um, the guy I'm dating's house or, you know, go out on dates or do all the things. I was used to all that. So I kind of had to detox from all of that. I kind of had to get along with God and just be in a season of separation. And it seems like it's difficult, but it's really not that bad. It, it seemed, it was more frightening to me at first. And I think the main reason was I had, I didn't know anyone who was abstinent really. Um, and I felt like who would want to be with a girl who's, you know, not giving it up, who would, I like, I, I wasn't, I didn't have the community that I have now for one. So now I have a lot of, I'm surrounded by a lot of believers and I'm surrounded by a lot of encouragement, but God didn't give me that right away, probably because I would have tempted them, you know, but <laughs> Y'all, I'm telling you, y'all came a long way. So anyways, but yeah, I probably would have tempted them if God would have gave me that community. So, and on top of that, if a man or woman, you know, is strong in what they believe, they're not going to want to hang around someone who's still living that life. And I say that from experience because I know it's not nothing. It's not that you're judging the person. It's just, you don't want to be involved in it because you can get tempted and you can get caught up in a sin. So anyways... I was um, lonely at first, but the more time I spent with God, the more time he started filling those voids and the more I started, you know, watching sermons, finding things to do, staying focused and all of that. Um, another struggle that I had was a fear of what people would think. So obviously, like I said, I was one of the people that said, how can you wait for marriage? People who are waiting for marriage are weird, blah, 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 whatever. I was one of those people. So knowing that I felt that way in my heart, I was afraid of what other people would say about me. But walking with God, I just realized like I have to trust 
him. And I have to believe that if he's calling me to this, that he's going to provide the people that I need to support and encourage me on this journey. And he's going to make a way for me to stay consistent and continue to walk in it. And he's going to bring a spouse along who's willing to be on the same journey, who's on the same thing, who also wants to be abstinent and wants to honor God with our bodies. So um, that's how I overcame that fear is just having faith that God will do what he has said and he will provide. And if he has called me to it, he has called other people to it as well. So having that faith um, helped me to overcome the fear of what people would think. And it didn't take long after I was finally getting into being um, abstinent and you know being consistent with that. I kind of didn't care what people thought anymore because it felt good. I felt so much relief. I felt so much more peace and compassion and understanding and just, it was just different. So even whenever people would say things like that, I had compassion on them. I'm like, you know, I understand because I've been there, but you don't know like what you're doing to yourself whenever you're giving a piece of yourself to all these different people and what you're taking into your spirit because you're continuously, you know, going from person to person and it's not making anything happen any faster. And even those people that do get married, a lot of times, like myself, I'm speaking from experience. A lot of times when you marry and you do things out of order, you bring curses on yourself. You bring curses on your marriage. You know, you now you're taking in all these people that you've been with into your marriage. So now you're comparing your wife or your husband to that last, the last people, that, the last few people that you were with. And you can't be happy or satisfied with them because of all the things that you did with those other people. So you're bringing that curse and you're not being satisfied. So eventually you go out and seek it from somewhere else if you don't get that healing. Of course, God can provide that healing. You know, if you seek it, reach out to him and y'all are going to counseling and things like that, God can heal you and help you to overcome that. But a lot of times we're not even aware of that. And that's what was going on. Um, a lot with my kid's dad, you know, he wasn't a virgin. I was a virgin whenever I met him. So he was the only experience I had. I didn't have anyone to teach me anything. Obviously he had practiced before. Um, and you know, he wanted certain things that I didn't want. And even in that, you know, it was just, it was a lot. It was, there were a lot of issues in the marriage. I don't want to talk about all of it, but right now at least, but there were a lot of issues that led to, um, our divorce it wasn't just that but i'm just using that as an example to encourage you because you take those curses into your marriage whenever you don't honor god you take that and even if you say you know i'm gonna marry this person i might as well do it right now that is a lie from the enemy because god is a god of order so if you want god to continue to bless your relationship do it in the way that honors him don't try to say, oh, well, we're going to get married anyways, because you don't know what's going to happen. You don't know if that person may leave tomorrow. That person, something may happen to them. Um, you may see things in them that you don't like. There's a reason that we are courting and, you know, dating or being friends with people to get to know who they are, to decide if they want to, if you want to marry them. There's a reason why there's a period before you get married. You don't just go marry a stranger that you meet because you have to get to know them and you may think you're in love with this person this week and then in six months you may completely hate this person and you may and just imagine if you you know have tied yourself to this person sexually you're gonna have to either break up with them or you're gonna have to go ahead and marry them and then be with somebody that you hate for the rest of your life or that you can't stand or that you don't like or whatever um so anyways and then the other struggle for me was just avoiding certain triggers so I had to realize 
that a lot of the music, a lot of the movies, the TV shows and things that I love to watch had a lot of subliminal messages, had a lot of blatant sex and talking about sex and talking about all the things um, all on, you know, all throughout the song, all throughout the show, all through every episode, you know, and I didn't think that it was a trigger for me, but whenever I did, a, I did a 60 day fast and I didn't watch um, that was last year and whenever I stopped watching all that stuff and stopped scrolling all this social media with all this stuff on there and stopped having temptation constantly in my face, I noticed the thoughts of the thoughts, the sexual thoughts just kind of went away, you know, not saying they went completely away. I still struggled sometimes, but it was a complete, complete night and day from what it was before. So actually detoxing from those things helped me to be more consistent in my journey and even now i notice that if i'm around people or i'm listening to certain music or i'm watching a show and there are you know certain things in the show that i probably shouldn't see even if it doesn't show you know the actual act it just um hints at it i noticed that later on you know not immediately of course but later on i may have more thoughts because i'm opening up a door for the enemy to really, you know, even whenever my mind, whenever I'm awake, I kind of have my mind guarded. So even when those thoughts come, okay, I can just, you know, make those thoughts obedient to Christ. I can use scripture to quote over myself. I can say a prayer, but at night, whenever I'm asleep, the enemy will use dreams to, um, you know, make me feel tempted, make me have those thoughts and make me have those urges more. So I just had to realize, like, I had to avoid certain triggers and, that was a really hard part because I love music. I love R&B um, and even a lot of like the pop music. I was listening to, a lot of music that I listen to. I realize even now, like when I try to go watch anything secular or listen to um, secular music, I notice like a lot more because I'm not constantly watching that stuff. So whenever I do see it, I'm like, ooh, I see why I didn't need to watch that. But it was really hard at first. Now it's not so hard. Every now and then, I'm not gonna lie. I will, you know, find myself watching a movie or a TV show that I think is fairly innocent because, excuse me, um, because it may be, it may seem a little more innocent or it may be on, you know, the local channels or whatever. And I'm thinking it's, it's a family show and boom, it's right there in front of me. So yeah, avoiding those triggers. And that's every time I do that, if I don't cut it off, you know, I end up later on paying for it with those temptations, those thoughts. And now I don't really struggle with like temptation. Luckily, as far as feeling like I'm about to give into it because I'm not in the situation to, but I can't imagine like trying to date and being around a guy all the time and, you know, watching stuff like that and having those doors open and having those urges and then just staying pure in the moment, you know, whenever I'm in a situation to be tempted. So I would just say, you know, Pray on these things, of course. God is what delivered me. I learned all these things on my own. There wasn't a whole lot of videos um, about it. There wasn't a whole lot of people talking about it whenever I started this journey, or at least that I was aware of. So God revealed these things to me on, on his own. Like God can teach you, God can lead you. You have the Holy Spirit. You know, if you've been saved and um, you've received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, you are walking god is literally walking with you in the situation so whenever you make a mistake he'll use that as a teaching moment and that's how i learned you know i made a lot of mistakes 
whenever I read this prayer from you all, it's from 2018. It's now 2022. So that was four years ago. I can tell you I've been in relationships since then, I think two, and definitely a situationship since then. And each time I fell into sexual sin. So um, I can tell you, you know, I made mistakes, but God would always guide me on back. So sometimes the sheeps get lost and he leaves the 99 for the one. So he would always come back and just redirects me and help me to get back focused. And the enemy was good at sending temptation. He knew my weaknesses and he knew he studies us and he knows us better than we know ourselves sometimes. And that's why it's so important to know God so that God can reveal our mistakes, our weaknesses, and he can strengthen us in those areas. But we have to be willing to ask him for it. We have to really want him to. So um, over this time, over this period, I, like I said, I don't even remember journaling back then, but God has revealed to me, you know, prayers that I needed to pray. And then I would pray them and then I would fall back into sin. And then he would wake me up and say, okay, this is not it. Is this what you want for the rest of your life? And I would be like, no. So then I would go back to God and I would be focused for a little bit. And then boom, another temptation. And I'm thinking it's going to be different this time because I'm different. And then next thing you know, I'm not studying. I'm not focused. I'm not, you know, doing the things that I was doing. I'm not even praying about it because I'm walking in sin and it's making me ashamed. And I don't want to go to God because I feel ashamed, not because God doesn't want me, but because I'm scared to go to him because I feel ashamed. And it's my, what my thoughts of God was. And when God, when I went to him, he was always loving. He was always receiving. He was always willing to help me to overcome. He reminded me that that's why Jesus went to the cross to save us. He knew that we were going to make mistakes. He died while we were still sinners. He knew that we weren't going to get it right every time, but he made a way for us and his grace and his mercy is enough. So every time I would go back, he would redirect me. Um, so anyways, the biggest thing is just recognizing that it is a huge, you know, it is a big sin. And it's not only just a big sin, it's a big sin because it's a big sin against yourself. You're, you're literally hurting your body. You're literally hurting someone else. It's not just, you know, you're sinning and hurting someone else, but you're hurting yourself. So you think, okay, you know, I'm doing this. It's not hurting anyone but me. And, or maybe, you know, it's not hurt. It's not even hurting me because it feels good. And in the moment, blah, blah, blah. But then whenever you get hurt in that relationship or you still don't have a have fulfillment or you're not, you're disconnected from God or you don't hear God or you're afraid to go to God or all those things, the enemy just uses it to keep you distracted. I mean, for me, it wasn't even that I always, you know, didn't want to go to God. I was just, I was too distracted. I was too busy chasing after whoever I was with and everything else in life to be focused. So to be focused on God. So yeah, I mean, we have to trust that God loves us and that we have to trust his plan. You know, you have to really have faith in him that he will do what he says he would do, that he will provide you a spouse and he will deliver you from this. And, you know, you have to really just be willing to pray. And like I said, honestly, seeking him is all I really did. And I mean, yes, I, I've done Bible studies. Yes, I've um, watched whatever I can watch. Yes, I, you know, pray about it. But Overall, God has led me through this. God has shown me through the ups and downs, through my mistakes. He has taught me how to be absent and how to be successful at this. Um, I did want to read some scripture that supportive of why sin is such a big deal or sexual sin is such a big deal and how it disconnects us from God and how, um, you know, it can kind of mess up our relationship with him and also just mess up our ourselves, our internal 
person. Um, like I said, our soul, our spirit. Like I said, I already talked about the benefits and the struggle some, but just listen to the scripture because I'll ramble on forever. I'm sorry, y'all. But anyhow, so this is, there are many scriptures about this, but the one that I wanted to read today is in 1 Corinthians chapter 6. It's um, verse 12 through 20. And I'm in the NLT translation. So in this one, it says, you say, I am allowed to do anything, but not everything is good for you. And even though I am allowed to do anything, I must not become a slave to anything. You say food was made for the stomach and the stomach for food. This is true, though someday God will do away with both of them. But you can't say that our bodies were made for sexual immorality. They were made for the Lord and the Lord cares about our bodies and God will raise us up from the dead by his power just as he raised our Lord from the dead. Don't you realize that your bodies are actually parts of Christ? Should a man take his body, which is part of Christ, and join it to a prostitute? Never. And don't you realize that if a man joins himself to a prostitute, he becomes one body with her? For the scripture says, the two are united into one, but the person who is joined to the Lord is one spirit with him. Run from sexual sin. No other sin so clearly affects the body as this one does. For sexual immorality is a sin against your own body. Don't you realize that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who lives in you and was given to you by God? You do not belong to yourself. For God bought you with a high price, so you must honor God with your body. Um, so that goes into pretty much, for one, whenever you look at verse um, 14, and God will raise us from the dead by his power, just as he raised our Lord from the dead. God can raise us from the dead. He can, and I mean spiritually, you know, we can be become spiritually dead when we're living in sin, we're doing all these things that go against who God is and we're not honoring him. We grieve the Holy Spirit and we no longer hear him as loudly because we have all this sin in our mind, clouding our judgment, clouding our ability to hear him. And again, we don't seek him out because we feel ashamed and guilty for what we're doing or we don't want to stop what we're doing. So we don't seek him out. So Anyhow, we have to go to God and he can raise us from the dead, spiritually and physically, of course, because that's what happened with Jesus. But you know, we're talking about spiritually right now because I just want people to realize the effect of um, sexual sin, you know, in particular to this video. Also, you know, recognizing that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit. We grieve the Holy Spirit whenever we're doing things that are against him. and. I mean, would you want to dwell in a house where somebody's just putting trash everywhere? Somebody's just defiling the house, you know, not taking care of it. If your body is a temple and you're not taking care of it, if you're not making sure, you know, you're studying and you're trying to grow with God and you're praying and you're doing your best. I'm not saying being perfect, but doing your best to do everything that you can to try to keep yourself pure so that the Holy Spirit has a, a place to dwell in and a place where you actually want him. You know, you want you have to want him to talk to you and to lead you and to guide you. If you're just doing whatever you want to do, what is the purpose of the Holy Spirit being there? I mean, yes, of course, he will continue to try to guide you for so long, but after a while, you become desensitized and you no longer even hear him because you have so much going on. But, you know, it tells us that we become two or two become one in sex. So, that tells you that whenever you're uniting with different people, you're becoming one with them. It's a, it's You're pretty much marrying this person. So you're taking on everything of who that person is and vice versa. You're sinning against yourself when you do that. You don't know what, you don't understand the risk. Like, first of all, the spiritual realm is real. There are demons. You 
there are demons there are angels of course but you are taking everything that they have and you know depression anxiety all these spirits that are around them you are inviting them into your presence you are just strangers whoever people that you've known all the things but you're doing that with multiple people on top of that like we're whenever we're married to a person we're committed to them so we can commit to working through all of that we can commit to we want to make each other better we want to better each other better the kingdom all of the things um we want to be an asset to the kingdom as a married person but if you're going to just take on this person's demons and their problems and everything and then walk out walk away that's not good for you that's not healthy for you so you have to really you know realize like what am I doing to myself? You know, why am I always depressed? Why am I always angry? Why am I sad? Why am I toxic now? I didn't used to be like this. I used to love people. I used to love love. I used to want to help people. I used to want to do this, but now I'm so hurt. I've done, I've been through all this. I've gone through all this. Now I don't want to even know. I don't even think I want to be married. I don't even think I want a husband. I don't think there is anybody that's good out there. In reality, there are good people out there. If you're a good person, you can guarantee there are other good people. Or if you were a good person, you can guarantee there are other people that are doing their best. And I don't mean like good, like biblical sense, because we all know we ain't living up to that. But I'm saying there are people out there who are striving to be their best and who will strive to be the best husband or wife for you. But they're not going to put up with everything that you've taken on from the past relationships, the hurts, the pains, everything. So you have to actually say, okay, God, I want to be healed from this. Help me to overcome this. Help me to break free from these distractions and things that are trying to destroy me and you have to be willing to just seek God out and anyone who seeks him will find him if we genuinely are looking for God he will reveal himself to us and he will help us he's not some big God that's distant in the sky like he's with us he's so personal that he's willing to live within us and dwell within us if we allow it um and he will guide us and he will show us the way so anyways pretty much I just wanted to read that and again for your reference um go back and study it it's first corinthians 6 12 6, chapter 6 verse 12 through 20 um so go back and study that and just keep it in mind you know if you have the bible app you can search up sex um sexual immorality lust all the things and find scriptures to help you on that help you in that area because you don't want to continue to sin against yourself you don't want to continue to hurt yourself and bring yourself down and like i said there are many benefits um including just having that peace and being fulfilled by god instead of looking to, for counterfeits looking for people to give you something that only god can give you and like i said i've learned from experience so um i am going to read this prayer and i just the only reason i'm really reading this i came across it I was cleaning out my closet because my son um, started homeschool this year for the first time and my office was full of my business stuff so I had to clean out my one of my closets to move some of my business stuff in there so that he would have enough space to um, do his work and everything so as I was cleaning out that space I actually came across this journal that I don't even remember writing it's only there were only like two prayers in it I know I didn't use to write my prayers down because I was dating again on and off so I was afraid that somebody might come in my room pick them up read them and see my innermost thoughts and fears and all that so I wouldn't I I don't remember actually journaling my prayers but this must have been a point where I felt um safe enough to do that or maybe I felt led I don't know but anyways this is from December 8th 2018 so almost four years ago um and it's titled strength 
and I'm just gonna read it. And I really pray that, you know, you can see as I read it that where my heart was. And like I said, I went, I got lost so many times after this. I would pray these prayers and I would go into it. So I just pray that as, you know, I read this, that you really see what I was going through and what I was feeling in the moment and see how far God has brought me. You know, he kept his hand on me. So anyhow, I'm gonna go ahead and start reading. I appreciate everything you have done for me, God. Things that I'm aware of and both, un let me just start over. I appreciate everything you have done for me, God. Things I'm aware and unaware of. All the hidden battles you fight for me daily. I am grateful, God. I truly thank you for sitting with me through everything, good and bad. I am so tired of fighting to love the wrong people. I'm tired of trying to do things my way. I am nothing without you, Lord. You are my father, my strength, my wisdom, my companion, my joy, my light, my protector, and my provider. I am praying you will give me the strength every day to resist temptation. My own feelings, thoughts, and flesh tempt me daily. Fighting against the things I know I need to do to gain the stronger, to gain a stronger, oh, sorry. Tempt me daily, fighting against the things I know I need to do to gain the stronger, gain a stronger relationship with you, God. Please forgive me of my sins. Please forgive me of my lustful thoughts and behaviors for disobeying you in the face of temptation. Please help me fight against the enemy's attempt to distract, confuse, and destroy me. I pray you will give me the strength and wisdom to fight against my demons. I pray you will take over for me, God. Walk with me. Hold my hand. Give me the love I yearn for. Fill the places in my heart currently inhabited by sin. Be my companion, Lord. I'm so lonely. I'm tired of doing this without you. When I know I need you every step of the way. I'm praying you will give me strength, wisdom, and especially discernment. Help me to hear your voice and listen. Help me to be encouraged even during the times of weakness. Sorry, y'all. Just seeing this is just crazy. Um, I will choose every day to trust you, almighty one. I know I can do nothing without you. God, thank you for staying with me through everything and giving me the push I needed to come back to you. Thank you for fighting for me even when I thought, even though I don't deserve you. Thank you for weighing on me until I come back to you. I look forward to rebuilding that amazing relationship that we once had. Please forgive me for falling short. Please strengthen me to fight for you, God. I love you forever. Please fill me up with things of you. Remove all of me, God. Remove the selfishness within me and fill me with love, wisdom, selfishness, <sighs> selflessness, encouragement, joy, and everything of you. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Sorry, I didn't expect to get emotional. I've read this like three times today. But every time, I mean, just reading it out loud, like... Like, we don't realize the power of our words. We don't realize, like, God is listening to us. Like, whenever I wrote this, I only wrote two prayers in this journal. So, to see that God really loves me enough and cared about me enough, even though I probably got right off track the next week. The prayer before that was just praying that I would stay focused and I would stay off social media so that I could stay focused on God and I wouldn't get back on until I was strong enough to um, resist temptation so and then to see this prayer like y'all god is amazing like y'all don't understand like he has kept his hand on me I, there's so many times where i have gotten caught up in the world i have been um struggling with sin i have you know prayed something and went right back to it prayed against something and went right back to it but these power the power in these prayers and these words i got tears everywhere y'all but anyways i should have had a tissue guess i should have been prepared but 
the power in these words, just reading it and just realizing that God has literally answered every prayer, everything that I asked for in that. And that's four years ago, almost four years ago that I prayed that prayer and probably not even realizing that God was listening, probably thinking that I was undeserving. But whenever you really need God, he will be there for you. He will answer. He will. He's listening. He will work through you. And he allowed me to go back to my sin because everything that we do is free will. You know, he's not going to um, force us to he's not going to force us to be obedient to his will, but he will use everything that we do, every situation, every heartbreak, every time I tried to get in a relationship after that, you know, and I would get my heart broken or I would break somebody else's heart and just keep it moving. You know, God would use those situations to draw me to him. And eventually it lasted, you know, eventually I was strong enough to say, I don't want to go through this anymore and really mean it and really, you know, have the faith to keep praying night after night not giving up whenever I get, you know, whenever I fell short, but to actually pray again, not to be so concerned about what people would think. Just anyhow, y'all, that's just, I just want to encourage you. Like this journey has been a long one for me, even longer than I thought, but I'm just so grateful for God's grace and his mercy and him keeping his hand on me and the Holy Spirit walking with me and not giving up on me. <laughs> it's just amazing. So Anyhow, I'm going to get off of here because I got to go pick up my daughter from school, but I love you all and I will see you soon. Thanks for listening, friend. I hope today's show blessed you. Be sure to follow us for new content and share this show with a friend. Also, subscribe to my YouTube page, God's Wit, for videos to encourage you on your journey. Be blessed.